Welcome to Objectively Speaking, everyone. My name is Jeremy Paul. And I'm Laura Norman, and this is episode 21, games 22 and 23, the Columbus Blue Jackets versus the Nashville Predators in what can only be described as the world's fucking largest train wreck and two big old losses for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And with that, the Nashville Predators officially win the season series, no matter what happens in the next two in May in Columbus. So, Stephen, the floor is yours to gloat and say whatever you feel is necessary to say, because, ladies and gentlemen, we have our friend Stephen Shrek yeah. with us again tonight. <laughs> I was going to say, you didn't even introduce him. <laughs> it was all part of the segue. We had it ready. We had The craft is, listen, this craft... It takes some developing, and I'm just, like, letting you know that I'm there. So, Stephen, the floor is yours, friend. Well, hey, thanks for having me on again. I really appreciate it, especially after this series, right? I didn't know if my invite was still going to stand after yesterday's game and today's game. I didn't know if you all needed this space just for yourselves or if I was still going to be invited to it. Um, But I appreciate always being back with you all. Um, No gloating here. Just happy with a couple wins. Um, Yeah, I think Nashville played a couple pretty good games. I think last couple episodes that I was on here talking about Nashville versus Columbus, I was looking for more consistency. And that has been the theme of all of the players' interviews, coaches' interviews following these couple of games in Columbus is that they're starting to find a little bit more consistency. So uh, I think four or five wins in the last five or six games for Nashville, feeling good going into Carolina and Florida coming up next, um, both at home in Nashville. So I'm excited to see what comes of this. It could either continue really well or it could go down the drain just as easily. But I'm hopeful after the last uh, about week or two of their play. Yeah, no, we had to keep you on, Stephen, because honestly, like, we deserve any razzing or terribleness or taunting, because it was nothing but hot garbage on the Columbus Blue Jackets side of things. I mean, two goals and two games. The only player that gets any sort of respect from me right now is Jonas Corposalo. And if not every single one of those people in that locker room is kissing his fucking ass every single day, I don't understand. But Gavrikov gets some respect from me tonight as well. After today's game, Gavrikov played so well. He saved a lot of shots and had a lot of blocks tonight. Um, I was really impressed with the way he played. But yeah, Corpusalo and Gavrikov, both of them, Laura, you're absolutely right. They are deserving of all of the respect after this series. If there's any respect to go around in that locker room right now, it's to those two Not for a sure. Lot. <laughs> yeah, I like that you bring up Gavrikov though, Stephen, because I thought today, especially, like I did think he played really well. I mean, there are a few two-on-one breakups that he that he played. I mean, I it's just like it is. It has been so hard to watch. And like Stephen, I don't know. Like maybe like I don't know if you caught any of the Columbus post-game like media stuff, but. You know, just in, like, reading and hearing, you know, like, John Tortorella basically saying, like, I'm not going to ask answer any questions about the team or, like, the way that we're built or, like, things like that because I've talked about it at length. And it's, like, 
then what are we supposed to ask you about? Like, what are you supposed to answer? Like, what questions are you supposed to answer? So it's like, I like get into a really weird, really weird place here in Columbus. And I think it's going to, it's going to continue to get worse before it gets better. I think to Nashville's credit, I think Nashville did, has played pretty well. I mean, like, and I, and I guess there is no better team other than maybe Detroit to find some consistency against in the central division. So kudos to to the Predators for finding that consistency against the Jackets and hopefully they can keep it going. Um, because at this point, I'm not too worried about where we finish because I, I just have this feeling that it probably isn't going to be in the top four. Today, after the win, the Predators leap the Blue Jackets, not in the point standing because Nashville still played fewer games, but have leaped the Blue Jackets in points per game or points percentage. And so the Blue Jackets now sit at seventh in the points percentage, um, just above the Detroit Red Wings, who they play on Tuesday. And I swear if we lose that game, <laughs> it's going to be so ugly. So here's hoping that we don't do that because I don't know if I have the emotional uh, capacity to um, work Laura through that loss on our way home if if that one happens. And so – but I mean, they're not showing me anything that tells me that they they should win that game. Like, there's no, there are no guarantees anymore, and that's what's I think kind of scary. Because again, like I said a couple podcasts ago, you look at this stretch of schedule, and you look at teams like Chicago, and this is no respect to the Predators, but you look at like Chicago, the Predators. Uh, you know, you got this game against Detroit, and you look at that stretch of games, and you're like, the Jackets could do something here to to put together some points and to kind of try to build on some of that confidence. Because even even if it's against a team that they should be, if you can develop some confidence and carry it into future series, like that's a big plus. And I think that that's something that Nashville will capitalize on, like you said, Stephen. But yeah, to look at, at what's coming up after this Detroit game, and I know I mentioned it a couple episodes ago, but I mean, we've got the likes of Carolina, Tampa Bay, Florida, like in Dallas, like pretty consistently for about the next month. And so the way we felt about Chicago and Nashville, we're about to start feeling that way about like teams that are like real good. So, um, it's going to get ugly in Columbus before it gets better, I think. I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we did not deserve to win either of these two games, even if we had been able to tie them up at some point. Um, yesterday, the first period was pretty okay. Like, it was consistent at least. And then I don't know what it is. We've said it time and time again about the motherfucking second period of a hockey game where the Blue Jackets just have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Cam said it yesterday. He's like, for some reason, we just get into the second period and decide that we don't need to have our foot on the pedal anymore. And they can't do that. They can't put themselves, they can't play at par slightly above par in the first period and then completely blow the second period and think that the third period is going to be enough because so far we've seen it never has been and we're making a lot of stupid mistakes like we're just making a lot of stupid mistakes and it's not the new guys necessarily that are making these mistakes we've been seeing veteran players who have been on this team for a long time make really stupid mistakes and it just doesn't make sense and you know i initially would feel bad in these you know post-game interviews because of how frustrated they are but none of them are even giving any real responses for what's going on 
like Nick's interview today was basically like, yeah, I mean, I thought we were okay. And then we weren't. And now we just gotta figure out a way, blah, blah, blah. I mean, the most exciting parts of those two interview or his interview and of torts was when people decided to ask both of them if they thought John Tortorella was gonna get fired soon. So, you know, and even then, I mean, Nick's response was very, Nick, you know, he was like, that's a, lo a loser's mentality to start thinking about whether or not your coach is gonna get fired. But it's like, dude, what other mentality do you have right now? Like, you're not, you know, and Torts, Torts was like, I don't ever concern myself with whether or not I'm going to get fired. I just coach, you know, until I'm not coaching anymore. And I was like, wow, you don't even have motivation to save your job. I mean, I don't get the impression that he has any desire to stick around. Like, in the way that he does these post-game interviews and, like, his answers to the questions, it's like, yeah, I just don't get the vibe that he's somebody who's, like, fighting tooth and nail to, like, because again, like I've said on this podcast before, like all the things that you point to and all the things where it's like confidence, motivation, uh, you know, you know, between the ears kind of stuff. I mean, that's, that's coaching. Like, do you know what I mean, like that's coaching and leadership. That's what's so hard about this is it's like, that is, I mean, as somebody who played sports and Steven, you did too. It's like, that was what a coach is there for. I mean, X's and O's sure. But like, if you like, I tell my good coaches and bad coaches apart by the way that they like motivated the team and like, whether or not I wanted to actually play for them. And I'm going to be honest, like I don't watch this like game or any of these games the last week and think this is a team that's playing for Torts. Like this is a team that wants to make sure that Torts has his job still. Like it's just not what I'm getting out of it. The silence is deafening folks. The silence is deafening. Sorry, I thought Steven was going to say something. No, you're good. Well, but I mean like, but truly like what is there to say, right? Like, I mean like obviously like Steven probably has a little bit more of like a positive outlook on things. But I think when you talk about, you know, where we're at as Blue Jackets fans, it's like there is, it's bleak. Like it, it is not looking good. And I agree with what Nick's saying in terms of like, it's a losing mentality to start questioning whether or not the coach should still be there. But I mean, it's tough because you're starting to get to the point now where you're like, okay, so like what, at what point are you performing poor asset management by having him stick around? Like, or at what point, you know, I mean like, Oh, that like Nashville's third goal y'all. Like I could not believe. So for the, if, if any of y'all didn't watch today, um, Max Domi gets taken down to the ice. Um, you know, down close to probably close to like the the faceoff circle on the left boards down in in the Nashville zone, and just like does not get up. Like is trying to like I, I don't want to say embellish a call or like try to like look for a call, but in doing so, like Nashville breaks out of the zone like as the Jackets are on a power play, and I mean. I purposely suppressed who scored, but yeah, like Nashville just comes down, has a breakaway, scores, puts it past Corbisalo, and it's just like, oh my God. Like, it's just like the embodiment, right? Like, it's like, and you know, I, I don't want to give up on Max Domi. Like, that's not what I'm saying, but it's just like, it's so hard to watch that. And then, and then on top of that, like, you've got a power play, like in the, you know, second period, I think it was, and you are tied 1 1. You have a really good 
like z- like you've got a lot of zone time like you've been you've been pushing like you've been um or you know what actually I might be lying I don't think it was a power play that's my fault what happened was Nashville had iced the puck after a long shift and so Nashville had a lot of tired legs out there the Jackets win the face off they maintain possession in the Nashville zone for a while so Nashville's dead tired and then David Savard just tripped somebody it's not a great penalty I'm not gonna lie like it's not a good it's a little bit of a weak call but nevertheless like that kind of mental error like that kind of undisciplined undisciplined oh my god undisciplined play leads to a Nashville power play which leads to the game-winning goal um to make it 2-1 and so it's just like all sorts of bad. Like it's every aspect of bad that there can be. The lack of discipline, motivation, to me, all just points to a change that needs to happen and it needs to happen sooner rather than later. I agree, Jeremy. I <clears throat> Watching tonight's game, or this afternoon's game, I keep having <laughs> the inclination to say tonight just because I'm used to games being at 7 and not 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But whenever I watch Columbus, especially on the power play, I get zero sense of urgency from anyone on the ice. And they were even talking about it on the broadcast today on the game that line A maybe touched the puck a handful of times or less on power plays today for the Blue Jackets. And I think that's also attributed to the fact that Nashville was defending really hard against line a from what i was able to gather they were really playing heavy on his side to make sure that he wasn't able to one-time slap shot goals at sorrows um but i think despite all of that you've got to get him in on the action you've got to get seth jones at the point trying to put something toward net and put bodies in front of the opposing goalies but there's just no conviction there's no motivation to get the puck in there on power plays let alone in general I think they need more shots on goal the way that they're playing in order to get the number of goals they require to win games and looking back at the two games here just talking about the power play for a second um, in Nashville there were 16 penalties between the two games there were two goals scored on power plays one was scored on a nashville power play by nashville and the other was on a columbus power play which was a shorthanded goal by nashville and if that doesn't speak to the power play play of both of these teams i don't know what does like it's there's no conviction from either side but especially from columbus it's well, disheartening yeah and one of the stats that i saw is like Outside of the Blue Jackets, which to be fair, Nashville has played Columbus six six times at this point. Um, I believe the stat was that the Blue Jackets have yet to score a power play goal on Nashville this year. And the rest of the teams that Nashville has played convert at a rate of 33%. Or something like that. And it's like, oh, that's like uncanny. Like that's just stupid because also 33% is crazy abysmal. Like that's horrible. Like <laughs> so shout out to the Columbus Blue Jackets for helping pad the power or penalty kill stats of the Nashville Predators, I suppose. Really actually shout out to the Blue Jackets for doing that to everybody. Although coming into today they were 19th in the league in, in power play uh, efficiency, but 
Yeah, and I think too, like, but the one good opportunity that the Jackets had was Line A being able to line up a shot and, you know, create rebounds. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing, right? It's like, even if it's just, like, goalies with great rebound control are still going to let up one or two rebounds off of a Patrick Line A slap shot. Like, I mean, it's just like facts. Like, you can't really do much about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Saros was great today. I mean, like, you, like, UC Saros, Josie. Yossi, whatever Jeff Rimmer wanted to call him tonight. Um, you know, I just there were some other ones too that I was just like, are you Yar Yaroslav? No, Yari. Yari was one. I was just like, oh my God. I listen, I hope he's well. I really do. But I cannot do it anymore. I literally can't do it. If I have to listen to Jeff Rimmer call another Blue Jackets game, I'm going to scream. I can't do it anymore. I really can't. I I pray for Jody Shelley before I go to bed every night. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, about Jeff Rimmer, yes, because my, one of my favorite things this season is every time he's accidentally called Corby Bob um, or Elvis Corby, you know, whatever he wants to go about it, or just in general, misnaming any player or just calling them by their number when there are players. It's fine. No worries. Um, but no, we, it's, yeah, I think, I mean, I think Steven Nashville should just be like really proud of themselves for the way that they've improved in simply playing us. Like, you know, if, if that's what we serve as, as an example for how you can improve in a week's time, (laughs) ta-da, because everything, like, it's just, it makes no sense. And I know I was explaining this to Jeremy yesterday. You know, we, the second goal that Nashville got yesterday was just a complete and total ass hat, what the fuck were we doing situation where the play was just not right. Like they weren't in the right positions. Jody Shelley was like, what are they doing? Why? Stop. No. Ah. And they completely, like, Nashville played a, like, ninja mind trick on us and was like, ooh, let's pull everyone to this one side of Corpy and get everyone's attention over there, but then have this secret, secret Nashville player that gets to just circle around behind the back of the net. Nobody sees him, not a single soul. And then just one of them tips the puck slightly over. And there it is, a wide open half of the net because everyone is over here looking over here at Corpy. And there it is, second goal. Like, we might as well have just let him take the puck in his hands and toss it gently into the back of the net because that's how stupid that play went. And it's like, at that point, we don't deserve to tie up games. Like, at that point, I want someone to wave a white flag, and we're just like, okay, we're going to go now. Like, (laughs) we don't need to do the rest of this. Because they're just, they're playing like they don't want to play. And they're playing like they don't know each other at all. Like, that they're unfamiliar with each other's names, even. Like, and I'm going to need the two of you to tell me which one of them screamed fuck when they went off the ice today. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think it was Cam. I actually do think it was Bless Cam. him. Bless his tiny little that. soul. Because he, <laughs> no, he, he fucked that one up bad. Like, not bad, but like... Oh, was, I'm not saying he didn't deserve to be angry with himself. I'm just, you know... Yeah, no, he was... Yeah, it was a two-on-one, and Nashville, like, was defending the pass. And so Cam, instead of shooting it, like, tried to force the pass over to, I think it was Line A... And it's just like, just shoot the puck, Cam. I create a rebound if you can. Like, are you telling me, Jeremy, that a Blue Jacket decided to overpass a puck instead of shoot it? Never, never in my life have I seen a Blue Jacket decide to pass instead of shoot. Damn, what you know about Wembergitis? <laughs> He's fucking thriving in Florida. Oh yeah. <laughs> I um, I would like to unsee it. The whole season so far steven you were on like i felt like you were about to say something after laura and i just said actually steven you can wait you're good i'm so sorry i'm so disrespectful but it's my fucking podcast no (laughs) you make the rules i'm just here to follow them no i i don't remember really what i was going to mention but i think you know for me, the standout player in this series is definitely Soros. I think um, I saw something in one of the uh, post-game interviews and like post-game stats that this was his first time in his career playing back-to-back games, back-to-back days, um, and he only let in two goals and had 57 saves. And so for me, getting away from the goalie tandem of Rene and Soros and just starting Soros back-to-back, I think was great for Yossi, or however he wanted to pronounce his name tonight, um, was great for Soros to really get that motivation and to get that kind of mojo back and going for him. And now that I mentioned that, I also remember what I was going to mention off of Laura's comment. It was a secret player yesterday um, for Nashville that came through. Ekholm was playing in his first game back in like six games or something like that um, and scored his first goal of the season and then followed it up with that second secret goal, um, which is both of his goals on the entire season so far after missing a good portion of what is this shortened season so far? Um, so he He's was a welcome. secret player. That was, our we, gift. that was our gift to him. Perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, two goals, his first two goals all season, I think, you know, and then today Nashville scored their first shorthanded goal all season. I think this is the kind of momentum that I was hoping that they would start gathering. I was hoping it wasn't going to come against Columbus and that it was going to come against Detroit first and that this series would be a little bit more competitive um which I still think it was I think to be honest you know one of the things that I wrote down to remind myself of because I had a lot of thoughts between yesterday's game and today's game was that I wrote for this game especially lucky goals outplayed question mark and so I think especially in the third period Columbus absolutely today outplayed Nashville I think between yesterday and today, Columbus won a lot of key faceoffs to keep the puck in Nashville zone and try to get some shots off. But their 
again, there was just no conviction from Columbus. So I think at certain points, Nashville definitely got outplayed. But in the end, it came down to pucks in the net. And that's what has been lacking so far for Nashville a lot of the season, too. They've lacked goal scoring opportunities and goal scorers. And I think these last couple series have really shown, save for the, what, 5-2 loss against Detroit the other day, that they're able to put the puck in the back of the net and they have to continue to do that. Um, but I am encouraged by this weekend for sure. Your comments about Saros made me look it up. And unless in his last three starts against the Blue Jackets, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he started. That's his last five games. So I'm not sure if he started um, more games against the Jackets this year. Oh, yeah, he started both of the first two. Oh, my God, that makes it a little bit worse. Does anybody have anything else to say while I'm doing a little bit of quick math here? While you're doing some quick math, I did some quick math that you all are not going to like. But to a comment that you made earlier, Laura, about the Blue Jackets oh being a <laughs> testing ground for mm-hmm. Nashville, let me throw a quick statistic out here for you all. Go ahead and hit me. Jeremy, <laughs> yeah, Jeremy was also talking about this in one of the podcasts too, and they were mentioning it on the broadcast of how hard it is for Columbus to win a game in Nashville and how it seems like oh, this it is so sucks. hard. The, yeah. Um, I did a little bit of digging, and I don't know how updated this is, but as of looking between today's game and now, the Predators at home in Nashville versus the Blue Jackets are historically, get this, 38 and 6. 38 and 6 at home. Now away in Columbus, they're 25 and 15, which less impressive, but still well over 500 against Columbus in Columbus. Yeah, they they flashed a stat today at the end of the game, Stephen. I think it's you're close. It's like there are a couple games that are added to that, and I think they might be the games from this year. Um, but it is the biggest win percentage for any team against another team on home ice in the NHL in NHL history, with a minimum of forty games played at that like at like in we're the- we're like their unintentional hype girl. Like, we're literally like, here, play us. We'll make you feel better about yourself. Like, this is stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really the early 2000s like, were rough. The early 2000s oh. were bad. And again, I think this brings us back to one of the first few times we recorded with Steven, where we were trying to figure out why we don't hate Nashville. And now I'm also trying to figure out why we don't hate them. Because clearly they hate us in a way. Like, and again, as I said it before, they hate us to the point where, like, we owe, owe them money, apparently. Because, like, they're just beating the shit out of us and breaking our legs at every opportunity. And while Jeremy continues to do some other math, I know one of the other things that, Laura, you've especially mentioned <laughs> on this podcast historically in the past, sifting, shifting gears just slightly, is that both games this weekend the Blue Jackets scored first Mm -hmm. and I know that this is an extensive thread that you all pull in this podcast of how many times the Blue Jackets score first and go on to lose games yes which seems to be happening more and more often and that happened twice we peak early (laughs) right 
right? But again, like, I think, personally, watching today's game, Columbus deserved a much better result than a 3-1 loss. I think their effort, as you were talking about from the last Nashville game to both Chicago games, looking for 60 consistent minutes, I think tonight there was at least 40 consistent minutes somewhere along the spectrum of the game with 20 consistent minutes, I think, for the entire third period. But again, the end result just didn't show. But you're right, coming out hot, how do you maintain that momentum? And it's that second period that they're just absolutely missing. And I don't know what what the disconnect is, but if they can figure that out, I think they're going to figure a lot of other things out pretty quickly. But that's a big chink in the armor right now for them. Well, friends, my math is done. So Saros has started five out of the six games against the Blue Jackets. He's taken he took the first series both back to back, and he took this series back to back, and he took one in the middle series. Saros has a save percentage in those five or in those five games of nine fifty six and a goals allowed average of one point four which is stupid. <laughs> like, that is so good. That is really impressive. And I think that I think that you make a good point about Soros too, Stephen. Like, I think that he is very clearly, like, cementing himself. Like, he's young too. Like, I mean, we talk about goalies all the time. Like, we talk about, like, oh, 25. It's, like, usually when you can expect a goalie to, like, kind of, like, come into the, the equation. Has he not been involved in, like, Nashville for, like, the last, like, two or three years? Like, I mean, like, he came to the league a lot younger than almost. I mean, he'll be 21 – oh, my God, no, he won't – 26 this year. Um, so, he's 25 now, which is the same age as, uh, you know, Merzlikens – when Merzlikens came to the league um, and roughly around the same age as, as Jonas and Elvis now. I mean, that guy's got a bright future in Nashville, I think. I think that he's going to be, you know – what is up with the Finns in Nashville? Just like, what was Thomas? Is Thomas Focoon finished? Like, that's giving me very Finn, but I can't remember. I'll look it up. I'll look it up right now. I feel like no, but. Unsure. But he, Saros is 25. You're right. Turning 26 this year. And he was, I think he was. I'm seeing 2013 is when he joined the organization, but I can't tell what Jeremy wrote on his hand, but it was my math. I didn't have a piece of paper, the math. Okay. And so I think he was just recently signed to a, a longer term contract that I think is either up at the end of this year or next year, but I really hope we do re-sign him because I know we were talking last Nashville Columbus series about Pecorine and how he is, aging and getting older and not sure how many years he has left in the NHL. I think it would be a shame at this point with him probably close to the door, Rene, I think it would be silly for Nashville to get rid of Soros, especially with Jeremy, as you stated, that he's kind of cementing his place on this squad as a consistent goaltender. And I think that's the end of that soliloquy, but Jeremy, I also have to say after saying the word goaltender, I think back to the moments when we would be in the arena together and my 
soccer self would come out and call people goalies and you would yell at me and say, you are having a soccer moment right now. No, I'm okay and with goalies. You would say, you would say keeper. You would keeper, say goal, that's keeper. That's right. And I was like, wrong sport. <laughs> definitely the wrong sport. I actually told someone else that story today. I was like, I've definitely been uh, accused of being too much of a soccer fan. But all the same, yes, I think, again, Soros is definitely my standout player from this series. And from apparently as uh, Jeremy stated with that stat that he has been the player of the Columbus series. And now knowing that stat, it makes a lot more sense. Maybe that was part of the reason why Soros got the back-to-back start today, especially on back-to-back days. I would think that they would go with the goalie tandem, but after you say that, that makes me think that maybe that played into the decision today. Well, and not to use one of his own sayings against him, but as Cam has said recently, when you're hot, you're hot. So, like, Nashville clearly made the right decision to put Sorrows in again. And, you know, as we deal with our own saga of goaltending, um, I think that Nashville would be hard-pressed to find, like, to not keep Sorrows if they can, because I do think he's – he's building himself a brand in Nashville to sort of, you know, move into that bigger, bigger role as potentially the full-time number one goalie. And he's clearly talented. I mean, and and not just against us who are hot garbage, like other teams, he has clearly played well this season. And yeah, I mean, you got yourself a good one, Steven. I think so. I think you're right. And Honestly, I'm going to turn the tables on you all and act as host for a second and ask you all a question. So look at me spinning the tables on you. What part of this is my fucking podcast? Did you not hear? (laughs) Also, can you start saying our podcast? Because it's not not when I'm being stern, not when I'm being (laughs) careful. It doesn't have the same ring to it. It makes it sound too collaborative. And I don't think that this domination is collaborative. But yes, Stephen, please go ahead. I was going to ask about Jack Roslick, but I can hold off on that question. Oh, no, you can ask. So you mentioned, you know, like cementing a legacy and getting a good one, right? I know that Jack came in, uh, Roslick came in real hot to Columbus, and it was so exciting to see. I'm curious what you both have seen from him over the last two weeks because I have a thought as a hockey novice that I don't know if I'm on the mark with, but ever since kind of having that hot start the last two weeks, I'm, what have you guys seen from Roslovic, if anything? I'll give my sort of like mildly naive take and then I'll let Jeremy give his probably more well-educated viewpoint of it. But personally for me, I think Jack is, a really great example of the disintegration of the coaching situation and the communication between the the players and the coaches. Um, Because I think as we started to struggle and fall apart and coaching started to change, the communication has really broken down and like the, the priorities are not matching. And I think Jack is unfortunately in the middle of that situation and they're not sure He's not sure what he's supposed to be doing or necessarily what he's doing wrong. 
they're not sure how to coach him or how to explain it. He's not the only one, but I think when you have a hot streak and then all of a sudden you start becoming quote unquote a liability sometimes, which is why he keeps moving back and forth between lines. Um, it is an unfortunate like circumstance because he is incredibly, incredibly talented. Like for a very long time, he was the better part of this deal that we made for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like, even sometimes still, because I'm still on the fence with Patrick Line. I know a lot of people will hate me for that, but like, I'm kind of on the fence with that, this kid. But with Jack, I think he's just, unfortunately, it's stuck in the middle of a bad situation of the team that's wheels are coming off and the direction just isn't there. Because you see this with Oliver too. When all, because Oliver has notably struggled under torts. He's had to take so, a lot of time to like learn how to play um, under John Tortorella. And, you know, over the past couple of years, he's really gotten back into a rhythm. But now every time he has like a three or four game streak where they're like, the maestro this, the maestro that, like, look at Oliver go. He'll end up having like six or seven, if not more currently games that he just can't, he just can't get there. Um, and then it's just more noticeable because um, unfortunately like you get noticed and then the second you're not performing well anymore, everyone's like, Ooh, look at that. But yeah, that's my like naive way to look at it. Jeremy probably has more sophisticated. I would, <laughs> no, I was going to argue that like maybe mine is going to be less sophisticated. I think he comes in, right? Like, and there's such a general excitement from him to be a Columbus Blue Jacket. Like, there is an excitement for him to get with the team, to start playing for his hometown team. Um, and that carries into the way that he plays and the momentum that he continues to build. And then all around him is, like, this this just, like, lack of excitement and this lack of – um you know desire to play there and I think it's kind of wearing off on him a little bit like I, I mean like to an extent like and I don't know if that's entirely fair like he is probably cooling down a little bit because like I, I like the guy like I think he's going to be a really good like franchise player for us like he gives me very much like a Boone Jenner kind of vibe or a uh, even really a Cam Atkinson kind of vibe where like it's going to be somebody who's going to be like I hope a part of our franchise for a while who's going to be contributing to the franchise for a while but let's be honest like I don't think anybody was watching him in the first 10 games that he played and he was you know averaging a point point a third a game and they're like you know who's going to score 90 points every year for the Columbus Blue Jackets Jack Rossovic like I don't think people were exactly expecting that and if they were like I'm sorry to disappoint you but that's not what you're getting and that's okay like that's not what we necessarily like I mean we need that but that's not what we need out of him right and so I think it's just kind of like a product of the environment that he's in right now. I, I just think that there's not a lot of reason to be excited to be a Columbus Blue Jacket right now. Like there's just, which, which sucks, but um, hopefully that wears off. And I'm hoping like, I do hope Tuesday is a little bit of something like I hope Tuesday, like with them being able to have fans and stuff, like, especially him, like that's going to be cool. So I'm hoping for the best for him on Tuesday and for the rest of the team, but that's kind of my two cents on Jack Russell. Vic. I think the reason I like wanted to ask you all because I when Columbus is not playing Nashville I will watch Columbus as a Blue Jackets fan 
and obviously still follow Nashville and what's going on in their games, but not being in a Nashville television market, I'm not able to watch any or many of their games. And so I watch the Blue Jackets games. And what I've consistently seen from him in like the last week is like turning the puck over and just missing passes, not connecting with the other forwards or the wings, um, depending on where he's playing, that he kind of has these bursts of energy. He's one of the fastest players on the team, I think, easily. And I think his youth really gives him an advantage in that sense. But I think from what I've seen, he just turns the puck over too much, especially in the middle of the ice that, I don't know, I I guess, again, kind of, as you both said, product of the environment. But I've found that to be a little bit disappointing personally in his play, but understanding that he's still so young, he's still new to the franchise, like, coming back to Columbus, there's obviously pressure playing for your hometown along with excitement. So I understand all that. I don't want to be too hard on the kid, but at the same time, just noticing that he started off really hot and kind of is cooling down what's going on. So I'm glad to hear that you all are thinking about like him being a product of his environment in that sense. It makes sense. And I I think too, like to that point, like I do think he cares and tries. Like, and I think that that might be where he's trying to force some things that just aren't there because at this point, right. Like that's pretty much everybody like, cause there's really nothing there. And like people keep having to try to force it. I mean, even today, like, like Boone, like had, had a killer turnover, like um, that led to Nashville's first goal. And so it's like guys that we've been talking about being really consistent. They're still making those mistakes because really like they're trying to make anything happen and it just can't. So no, I hear you. I, that's a good question. Do you have any more fun ones for us as you're, if you're, if you're going to flip the script, you're taking over the rest of it. I don't know why you thought that we were just like going to stay on mute. You're done. Okay, great. Got it. Noted. Um, well, this could be a fun little thing like to, to try like the three of us, being somewhat invested in the central division. I was going to say, Stephen, you're, you're more than welcome to ask like some very odd pointed question about Cam and how I feel about his situation if you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but as we look at the um, sponsor to be redacted central division, um, oh, uh, <laughs> who do you all think the four teams are going to be that come out of there for the playoffs? That's an excellent question. I think, to be honest, there's a good chance that the current top four is the four that gets in, being Tampa Bay, Carolina, Florida, and Chicago. At this point, I don't see Columbus or Nashville getting to that point. And, you know, I'm – still curious about what's going to happen with Dallas because did I say something? No, no I just shook her head. Yes. To when you said that people aren't going to get in the playoffs, which means that she's accepted our fate for this year. And I don't know how to process oh, that. No. I didn't think it was going to take her this quick. So like, I'm like just making a mental note of that in my head, but Steven, please continue. With I w- yes. I want to let Steven finish his thought and then we can go to my mental breakdown that is occurring currently. Fair. 
Um, I, I'll just – my finishing thought was that I'm curious about what's going to happen with Dallas. They've only played 16 games. They've had a couple games canceled. Two of those were against Nashville. So Columbus has two games in hand over Nashville and is still only a point ahead. Um, but I'm curious about what's going to happen with Dallas. They started off the season 5-0, and obviously went on a, a huge skid from there. But I'm keeping, keeping an eye out for them. But I think currently, to answer your question point blank, Jeremy, I think our current top four in the Central Division, no sponsor mentioned here, is going to be the four that you see in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you, Steve. The only thing I could – Steve. Um, Steven. Um, I I could see Chicago and Dallas slipping. Like, that's the only thing that I have. The only thing about Dallas is, like, they've played 16 games, which means that they're going to have to fit in so many more games here at this end stretch that, like, a lot of that fatigue could play a factor into whether or not they're able to perform. I think that they're kind of underperforming right now, and I think Chicago's kind of overperforming. I don't know if that correction rate is going to be enough to mean that Chicago misses out. But to me, yeah, I mean – Columbus, Nashville, and Detroit. And I mean, like to be fair, like Nashville, like I don't, I wouldn't write Nashville out yet. Like out of, I would write Columbus and Detroit out. Like I would, I would say that they're done. Um, I would say that Nashville is on the precipice. Like, like I would probably say that about either one of these teams. Like if if Nashville would have gotten swept this week, this weekend, I would have said it about Nashville. Um, but they weren't. We were, and that's where we're at. But um, Laura, the floor is yours to have whatever kind of a moment you need. Yeah. Um, no, I am. Oh, I'm going to say it now. I think you're both right that our top current top four will be the top four that represent the unassociated central division. Um, unfortunately, it, it is heartbreaking to me from a personal standpoint, but I will say like, I definitely think that four spot is in a, sort of merry-go-round rotation between Chicago, Dallas, and Nashville. Like, I definitely wouldn't count Nashville out yet. I think that while they've had similar struggles to us, they also rebound way better. Um, and they seem to be able to, like, pick up on whatever weaknesses they've, you know, noticed in a game and, like, improve upon them. So I definitely wouldn't count them out, especially because, like Jeremy said, Dallas is going to have to play – a lot more games towards the end of this in the second half of this season and when you do that especially in the short amount of time we have anyway like injury is going to start becoming a real big factor as well as fatigue and just general motivation so you know Nashville having a few games up on Dallas is definitely helpful um and yeah Chicago like they're performing way better than I think anyone anticipated a team that's supposedly supposed to be, you know, what is it, regrouping? What's the term, Jeremy? Like, restru restructuring? Sure. Rebuilding. Rebuilding, that's the term. Rebuilding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for a team that's supposed to be, quote, unquote, rebuilding, like, they're not super having a hard time. Like, and it's not just Patrick Kane. Like, yeah, Patrick Kane is kicking ass and taking names but you know there are a lot of other players on that team that are doing just as well so yeah unfortunately you heard it here on episode 21 that I do officially think that unless some sort of strange miracle happens Columbus is not 
making it into the postseason this year. And at this point, we don't deserve to. Like, we have not played well enough to be in the playoffs. I don't see some sort of magical happening occurring anytime soon that's going to equate to us deserving to be in the playoffs. I think we have a lot of things to figure out. I think that a lot of changes that are going to be very difficult for me to process are going to occur. I feel bad for Jeremy and now you, Stephen, because I've roped you into this situation, um, are going to have to (laughs) get me through in order to bring this team and the vision of this team through the rest of this season and hopefully into a better start for next season. You and me both, but I'm afraid of you during the off season. I'm going to cry a lot. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I know you will. Well, before we induce tears upon the off season, obviously we still have a long way to go. Steven, we're not like, Again, like I just, I assume that you're on every episode that we play the Predators. So, like, but we're not going to do that again until May 3rd. So, that's kind of sad. I'm a little bit sad about that. Um, I kind of want Steven to pick like another team that he would also like to champion or to like, you know, help be on our side. And that way we can have like a third opinion. Cause I love having Steven on. It's so much fun. I do. I do enjoy Steven's presence. I mean, hey. Who knows? He might just get a random text after after games on on like a Wednesday. He'll just be like, "Hey, hey, bud, you want to just talk some jackets hockey?" Um, but yeah. So before before we wrap this one up, y'all do do we have any other final thoughts? Um, my final thought is, um, God bless Jonas Corposalo. May he stay strong and limber and not get injured because if he does we're on an even faster track to garbage town so that's that's my final thought you guys my personal final thought is going to pertain to the blue jackets because i've talked enough about the nashville predators tonight i think looking at the next three games for columbus playing detroit and at dallas I think there's going to be some serious discussions had at the player level and at a higher level about coaching staff if there are not at least three or four points taken from the next three games. I think these are important games for Columbus coming up against teams that are points-wise below them in the central standings, that if they can't eke out at least one if not two wins out of the next game and series I think the discussion here on this podcast will be tempered and I think that the same level of conversation is going to be had in the Columbus Blue Jackets organization so I'm hopeful I think they will get at least two wins out of the next couple games but depending on their play it will be determined, but I'm hopeful. I'm excited for the next couple games and I'm excited for you all to get to see a game in person. It's so exciting that they're letting fans back in the arena. And so those are my parting thoughts. Thank you all. Once again, I love being on and talking hockey with you all. I feel like I'm gaining more knowledge about hockey every single day. And 
I really appreciate having me. And if you want to give me a random call, I'd be up for it. But um, if not, until May, when the Nashville Predators will take on the Columbus Blue Jackets again, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you'll probably get a call. Sorry about that. Um, Steven, though, that's, that's a great point. Like, if they don't, if they don't sneak this out, because, again, to, to reiterate, things get real bad real fast on the schedule for them. So I'm going to say something really quick before you give your final thought. Yeah. If for some reason Torts gets fired at any point during the season, I think that Steven should come back on for our special episode to be the moderator of asking us questions in reaction to that giant announcement. That's just my, I'm putting it out there right now. As much as I was talking shit about it, I kind of loved when Steven did that. So there's a small part of me that's like, do we, do we talk to Steven about doing it more often? But I don't, I don't know if y'all are ready for that conversation yet. We could do a more, you know, this is just brainstorming mid podcast, but like we could do a little bit more of a like, our hockey history, Blue Jackets related like question and answer session with a moderator as Steven. Like that's true. We could have fun with a that. Special episode. Special episodes to get caught up on the games. See, but there you go. Also, I I am in school for clinical mental health counseling. So if you all need a little bit of obviously <laughs> ethics considered, a little bit of uh, couples counseling or <laughs> group therapy i would be able to utilize some skills in a in a non-professional capacity potentially to help you all through some things if the next couple series go awry i will just phone call i will pay you in brownies steven i love it i will gladly accept those brownies again yeah i have to say you can give your final thought now (laughs) yeah i was just gonna say as much as i do love my new therapist because on this podcast we are mental health positive um i don't think she's ready to talk to me about blue jackets hockey so steven you might have to come through i know you're never supposed like also somebody who's kind of doing a counseling profession and like have taken classes in counseling like i know i'm not supposed to use my superpowers for evil but like i'll let you come on and use your superpowers for evil every once in a while without a doubt i would appreciate it yeah i mean obviously there's some actual laws against it but you know i can bring my skills that i've learned into the into the arena and just help out in a friendly manner from friend to friend we'll call it just some good hockey banter with some extra sprinklings of group therapy mixed in it'll be great it'll be a fun time that's all i gotta say but um yeah i mean that's about all i have for our final thoughts (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my final thought is fucked a lot that's bad um chat anyways um yeah i mean we'll we'll talk again on tuesday i want to uh, i have some ideas in my head y'all going into tuesday's game and going into the podcast for tuesday um and i am not sure how good the audio is going to be on tuesday but I think we are going to have pieces of me and Laura like at the game, like recorded, like at the game. She doesn't know that yet. This is the first time she's hearing it, but we're going to figure it out. Um, and so I'm pretty excited about that. I'm going to try my best to make it happen, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but Laura, I'll do what I do every episode. I've done it 20 times. I'm doing it for the 21st. I'm going to throw it over to you to plug the social media. 
and we can wrap this one up. I'm just gonna put it out there first that I'm very nervous about us being recorded during the game based on how I act at games. But hey, maybe maybe it'll be, it's been a year, maybe it'll be different, I don't know. Gross. Anyway. <laughs> so, so yeah, so follow us on social media. We're at Objectively Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Twitter has been great to us the last few days. Um, we, we've just, we've been spurring a lot of conversations, whether they're with us or with other people having conversations with each other. We have been starting connections and we're all for it. So continue to interact with us, Instagram, you know, we're getting there, figuring out some more content things, probably going to post videos from the game on Tuesday. So that'll be a good Instagram thing. We can put up some stuff so those who cannot be there can see a little bit of what's going on. Um, and then, yeah, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on. We are one star rating away from my birthday goal of 10 star ratings on Apple Podcasts. So if you're out there and you're listening and you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, all you got to do is just like scroll up like half a centimeter, maybe not even that. There's a little star situation. You just hit anything above one at this point anything above one it submits it you're good you literally don't have to do anything else so if you can do that prior to tuesday or on tuesday we'll take it then too because it does take like 18 to 24 hours for it to show up um we will love and appreciate you forever because we're so close so so close but yes rate review and subscribe even this is where you take Rachel's phone and you just do it. You heard me. Um, well, until we get the chance to come to you all next time, again, thank you, Stephen, for being here. You do really bring some much-needed levity when the Predators uh, beat the shit out of the Blue Jackets. Um, so I do appreciate that. Uh, until then, hopefully everyone stays well. If you are going to Nationwide Arena on Tuesday, Please be safe. Just follow all, you know, precautionary measures to make sure that you're keeping yourself and your loved ones well and your fellow fifth liners. And, you know, we're not nearly important enough to be like, come say hi to us. But um, we do like people. We like friends. So I don't even I don't even know where we're sitting. Um, but until until we get a chance to talk to you all after our first in-person game in 366 days, stay well and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.